Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Ariana, and I'm very pleased to have Daniela along with me today. Welcome to Explore Art Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing a case study originating in the metropolitan borough of Liverpool, England. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you the background on the um, case study right now. In Liverpool, England, in late in 1983, a wine merchant named Marine Glidhill bought an abstract painting from Ernest Cleverly a sculptor who also runs a pet shop. When Miss Gleedhelm walked into the shop, the sculptor had been discussing the picture with Brian Burgess, an artist she believed, an, an artist, and she believed it was one of Burgess's work, works. She paid $150, uh, sorry, $105 for the painting, thinking it was a bargain, and displayed it promptly in her home but it turned out that the painting was actually the work of a duck named Pablo, who had escaped from his cage while Cleveland, the sculptor, was doing some painting and his feet got in the paint. I noticed that it made an interesting pattern and it just developed from there, said Cleverly. I tried him on, on canvas with different colors. He has a real eye for composition, flair, and for flair, flair for colors. Glidhill no longer displays a painting at her home, but she remarks, I know it sounds corny. I don't know much about art, but I know what I like, and this was a painting I liked. The duck, said Cleverly, is a natural. What would it help Miss Gleedhill to know about art in deciding what to think about the painting? Given that she's already acknowledged that she likes the painting, what plausible alternative reasons might she have for removing the painting from her home? So it's definitely an interesting um, thing to think about. Yeah. Uh, I think what, um, Danielle, you want to go first? Do you oh, want to go or I can? Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I find, it, I find the whole situation kind of like bizarre in a way, like, you know, because I mean, I've taken into consideration, you know, how it's written kind of influences my opinion. Like, in the paragraph, you know, it's kind of never stated what exactly cleverly and Burgess were talking about when it comes to the painting. Like, it was never, like, it was never specified, like, I mean, it could be like they were just talking about it. Or it could yeah. be Burgess, like, he might have, he might have said that cleverly he, he painted it, but it's never specified, so... We don't yeah, know yeah, and so yeah. like, uh, uh, I don't know if this might have influenced the decision in any way. Like, it could be yeah, depending on what they said, right? Like, if they're like, "Oh, this is a nice painting," or if they're actually talking about like the the details of the painting, it definitely changes how you would perceive it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I find that, yeah, I find that kind of like interesting to the case because. Well, it could be possible Gladhill uh, does, you know, either she assumed Burgess painted it by himself or, you know, like, or, you know, they were just talking, she, she assumed based on the conversation they were having. Yeah, yeah, I yeah definitely. 
this also brings into something I wanted to bring up. Um, one question is, you know, was Gladhill familiar with Burgess's works before? Like, I mean, I I was wondering about that because, like, we know right. he's an artist. Yeah. We know he's an artist from the description, but we don't know if she knew about him in the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. it could be possible she knew about him in his works. Or like, you know, she just thought, oh, uh, there's this artist, you know, coming by, like, you know, like, I rarely see right. him and this is possibly a work of art of his. So. Right. Well, then also, if you think about like what art looked like at that time period in 1983, works of art, like a lot of, I would say, works of art were very abstract. Like there's a famous art um, artist named William de Kooning, I think his name is. He did something called the Ten Painting where those were just kind of like line, well, not straight lines, but just a collection of lines throughout a paper or a canvas. And I mean, obviously we don't know exactly what that, the artwork that Green bought looked like, but um, you know, if that's the style of art that was going around at that time, that's probably, you know, what made her think, okay, this is this guy's work of art and I'm gonna buy it, you know? Oh yeah. It's also interesting to think that she liked the work of art, but then after she realized that a duck painted it, she felt like the artwork lost its value or she didn't want to show it in her house anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, makes sense. Like, uh, I mean, I would kind of feel the same if I was in her position. Like there's a chance she like, like, you know, she paid like $105. So <laughs> yeah, obviously she feels, you know, lied to and, <laughs> but like uh, but it's also kind of like a talking point yeah you know it's interesting because like when people come into your house and they see a painting i think the first thing they generally do is ask oh you know where is it from where is it where'd you get it and then they think oh well you know i bought it from this guy and duck painted it i think it'd be kind of like a funny story to have to tell you know you know although like Although the joke might become like stale, like, you know, the the, the many couple times this happened that it's <laughs> someone new. Yes, I definitely agree with you. But um, like, I don't know how to feel too strongly. Cause like, I, I don't know, Burgess, like, but what, the way he described, he wasn't really doing it with malicious intent, but at the same time, it kind of comes off like he scammed someone. I get like, it. Like yeah. maybe unintentionally, because it's not like he asked her to buy money for it, right? Like yeah. he offered the money, but like he never refuted it either. So yeah, he never told her straight up like this is this is the situation and this is where the painting came from. She kind of he was just like, okay, if you want it, okay, sure, not my problem. Yeah. <clears throat> also, but oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, I was just gonna ask. Uh, no, if you had known, okay, if you were in Miss Glen Hill's position, Miss Glee Hill's position, and you knew, the only difference was you knew that a duck had done this, but you liked the art, would you buy it? Yeah. No. Yes. And you put it up in your house, or would you just have it as like? Yeah, it's like I mean, if I if I knew what I was buying, like I would <laughs> probably present it in my home, like, hey, look, a duck drew this. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know? I totally agree. Honestly, like. Like, I know animals don't really think on a similar way that we do. <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, this case kind of reminds me of uh, Betsy the Chimpanzee. <laughs> like that one monkey artist from the Baltimore Zoo. Well, yeah. Chimpanzee artist, you know, specifically. Yeah. 
like I, I believe they are capable but at the same time like they don't really create stuff on the way that we do so i guess that's where it kind of like differs you know where mm-hmm. it, where she might feel this painting might not have like as much value as she initially had but if it were me in this case like and i knew that the duck painted it i would be like you know like you know like, hell yeah i'm gonna yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i think what you're saying is like um the intent behind art sometimes gives it its value. Oh yeah. So like an animal doing it, they're not doing it with the intention of creating this painting. They're kind of just oh, well, something's in front of them, and they, you know, they're cre- they're maybe curious. Like in the case of the chimpanzee, she was curious. Yeah. Like I mean, the different case between Betsy and Pablo the dog is that like you know Betsy, she might have felt like you know something has you know, um, well. She, like, she might have felt like she was doing at least something, you know, intentionally. You know, there's multiple mm-hmm. images of her with a brush or, you know, a paintbrush or something. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, Pablo, you know, he was he was probably just so confused. He didn't even know what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Burgess, you know, he was just like, you know, carrying him or something, you know, making like paint spots on the canvas. He's like, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, so that leads me to the question, what, in your opinion, makes art valuable or what makes it art? Um, that's a difficult question. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not hard to answer, but at the same time, you know, it has like so many potential Level. ideas. Like, yeah. I find value in a, in a lot of art, not like worthy of keeping up in my house value, but like value of artistic integrity and, you know, communication mm-hmm. like i mean there's a chance i might like i might look at an art and not understand it immediately like mm-hmm. most artworks but like i can recognize you know the the time and effort and the all like the the meaning that the artist you know put onto it right, like, right. there's so many artistic choices you can make with it with like with a piece and well Pablo the Duck's piece might not have been, you know, as, you know, we don't, it wasn't made with intention to, to create, to put something into the art world. But on some level, if you see it, you could probably appreciate the intent behind it. Mm-hmm. Especially since, you know, pop or abstract art was kind of popular in that time. It's not right. this, but like, you know, I mean, you could appreciate it on some level. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think if you look at it as just a painting, not look for a meaning behind it, then you could definitely just ap- appreciate it for what it is. It's colors on a paper, it's paint on a pa- on a canvas. And that's what it is, you know? Whereas, like, I guess if an actual person creates the artwork, then, you know, there's meaning behind it. Or you can actually, that's when you can look for a sense of emotion or, or like, um, try to, like, uh, relate what's happening in the picture to your life. I mean, it's not always like that, but sometimes, you know, ab- people can find, uh, like, value in whatever it is they're looking at when they want to appreciate art. So um, I think, for me, the same question that I asked you, um, I think when you look at things objectively with no kind of um, like expectations, sometimes you can appreciate what you see a little bit better because 
like if you go to some like if you're looking at for example this this art piece i'm assuming that it's just abstract lines obviously if a duck is walking across a canvas it's not going to be anything intricate but if you really want to appreciate it you could just look at it and you can appreciate the colors or the way that the, the paint is on the canvas you know you don't necessarily have to find meaning behind the artwork it could just be appreciation for what is on the canvas itself you know mm -hmm. yeah um do you think that art has to evoke emotion in you in the appreciation mm -hmm. okay yeah like uh that's kind of hard because like i don't really feel emotions upon seeing something at first okay like i mean for me it's just kind of like a processing thing but like, I mean, I know it's like some of the wi widely accepted definitions of art, you know, invoke something in you. Mm. It's just like, I don't know. I can't help but think my views on it are kind of different in that regard. Different. Of course. That makes sense. It's, you have a completely different perspective. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, like, if I see something that's meant to be sad, like, or like something kind of meant to be like existential, why speaking? I wouldn't, I mean, I, I'd be trying to understand it, sure, but like the feeling doesn't kind of settle in until much later, like, mm -hmm. like, like about an hour after I'm done looking at it. Yeah. I mean, personalities definitely play a role in that. I mean, your personality might be different from mine and I totally understand what you mean. You don't get that initial or you don't get that reaction maybe until it just simmers in. Yeah. In. yeah. Whereas like, you know, I think that, um, I feel emotions probably as I'm as I'm going through something, I feel the emotions with it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't think art has to evoke emotion, but I think for, well, you raised the idea that um, your personality is what kind of makes that happen depending on what kind of person you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or um, we can also, you know, what you said um, reminds me of, um, well, I wanted to say this anyway, but Vincent Van Gogh, his artwork, you know, um, it became so popular and his artwork, it, you know, when you do, when you learn about him, you realize that he had like mental illnesses and issues in his life and people began to appreciate his work because they, of the patterns and the colors and, and stuff that he used but when you really look at it it was his perspective on what he sees around him you know yeah so it's interesting yeah i'll have to be honest uh that's a minor setback for the whole topic but uh van gogh i think he's the only artist i've ever felt any direct emotion upon seeing the painting immediately i don't know what it is about his works but that's kind of have that feeling evoked like right on the dot i understand yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean his works. I would say that he's definitely one of the first artists that I, I was aware of what I was. I was aware that I'm looking at art, you know. Um, and I, I could, I, I understand what you mean. He yeah. has interesting work, and um, it, it really just shows the difference between the artwork that's discussed in the case study and then artwork that's made with intent. You know, he's oh, like, you know. There's a likely chance that she thought like there was a hidden meaning in the artwork. So Glacka was like most likely trying to decipher it, decipher it while she was, you know, 
putting it up in her home and you know she probably left it there for a few days so i mean there's a chance you know with who i mean with how abstract pop art could have could be in those times you know there was a chance you know like like that was she thought this was like a similar case so she was trying to interpret the artist's meaning but you know uh doug <laughs> right yeah 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 that's the only meaning doug yeah I actually wanted to bring something up real quick. Um, I did a little bit of researching, and uh, okay. during the 1980s, you know, like the early 1980s, um, yeah, uh, I read that Liverpool had an uprising, you know, in uh, punk rock and post-punk scene scene from the music industry. So, okay. like. Bands such as Echo and the Bunnymen, a flock of seagulls, and Dead or Alive, amongst other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of noticed, like, I mean, like the rise in pop and punk scenes. Like, I think it might have, in some way, paved like the music industry in some way in the, in that time paved the way into the art industry. Mm-hmm. And given the fact that, well, this. Well, the, the Beatles didn't form in nineteen in the 1980s. They formed in the 60s. Like, they, like their birthplace was Liverpool, England. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing some of their artwork, you know, mostly uh, follow, like, pop or follow pop art in their album covers. I feel like that was kind of an early foundation for, like, the post-pop and punk pop of the scene of the 1980s mm-hmm. yeah I definitely, yeah no you're, it's, it's it's interesting um because when um I, again when art is created with intention it kind of emulates what goes around what's around it what ha- what's happening it's literally how art changes as time goes on you know mm-hmm. whatever so yeah i totally understand what you're saying um each of those um the what you say uprising in Liverpool that could definitely shape the way people appreciate art. Mm-hmm. I know today, like that what I go through um, or what I experience would um, make me appreciate certain pieces of art more than than others, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask a question. Do you oh. think art is given value based on like artists do you think even not just just paintings i would say like music or any kind of art that you can appreciate do you think the artist making it is what gives it its value like it's like monetary value meaning you would pay for it uh like on some level yes because like I mean, there probably probably could be like this widely recognized artist and, you know, they're known for their works, how they draw, how they style, it's, you know, unique to themselves. So, uh, I guess it would, like, even then the term value is like kind of, uh, like, the value is, uh, it's complicated, like. I know, yeah, it's definitely a hard question to answer. I was just asking, you know, if, if oh, yeah. like, I mean, like, logically speaking, yes, it would probably have more monetary value if it was like from a more well-known artist. <laughs> but like, 
emotionally like within me i think like i'm willing to give like up and rising artists chance like you know stuff who people who are trying to get their name out there or people who are just doing it casually like i mean emotionally for me i mean i find i find value in all kinds of work but like you know logically speaking um Uh, a piece from a more well-known artist would have a larger monetary value in the art world. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, So I think uh, if we really want to draw, like just come full circle and just bring everything back into perspective, Mm -hmm. um, what we discussed with uh, Maureen Gledo and her buying the um, $105 painting that abducted, I think, I think her taking it off, like taking it off her walls was a little bit hasty. I understand that she probably wanted it to be different and wanted it to be from an actual artist, but learning it was from a duck. I understand where she's coming from, but I think if she could just appreciate it for what it is, it'd be completely different. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes like that's what you need to do. Just appreciate what's what you're looking at for what it is. Don't try to find a meaning behind it. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I completely agree with you in that regard. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, no, I think I've got everything out. I think we had a really great discussion, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Daniela and I really appreciate it. This Thanks. concludes our Exploring Art podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious.